Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. It is a enjoyable spring morning. A little brisk, but it's supposed to warm up later, so I'm looking forward to that uh, here in uh, mid-April. Um, and today, I have decided to carry on with the part two of the, um, what will I suppose be a three-part series, and no more, um, regarding marriages. Um, I already went through a discussion of my first marriage and subsequent divorce, and um, figured if we're going for a completion, we should probably talk a little bit about number two. Um, and again, I'm gonna go off the assumption that uh, anyone keen to listen to this is probably already a, a, a regular listener and has already heard most of the uh, sort of declarations and, and prefaces um, that I included on that, that first one, but if for some weird reason this is your first episode, um, I'll rehash as briefly as I can. Um, I have been married a total of three times. Um, the third one, the current one, is fantastic, and I couldn't be happier. Um, and to give some background, I'm talking a little bit about the, uh, the previous two. Um, as I do so, uh, again, my intention is not for this to be some sort of tell-all, um, you know, spill the dirt, be, be rude, uh, and vulgar or, or bitter about said marriage, uh, nor to get into too many uh, nitty-gritty details, uh, because I like to tell stories, um, and as I've said before, you know, the stories I tell are my stories, um, sometimes those stories involve other people, but I don't really think it's my place to tell other people's stories, unless they've kind of asked me to, um, so we're gonna keep this, keep this as clean and tidy as we can, um, also going to do my darndest to try and not actually name names, because uh, I don't think that's right either. Um, so where to uh, where to begin? Um, I guess we'll sort of pick up where where I left off with the last one, uh, which is you know I got divorced from my first wife. Um, that happened while I was still in the navy. Um, say I had like a year or so left in the Navy um, after the divorce but before I got out um, absolutely zero of romantic interest um, happened <laughs> during the rest of the time in the Navy um, there just wasn't anyone that was of interest to me uh, or was interested in me so nothing really happened there uh, of note uh, when I got out of the Navy, um, I, I went to Florida. Um, a buddy of mine lived down there, said, hey, why don't, you, why don't you come down here? We'll get jobs. It'll be good times. Um, and I did. And for the most part, there were. <laughs> you know, we hung out. Um, there were uh, a couple of years there. Um, again, no, no real action uh, to speak of. Um, 
for better or worse, I kind of um, had the hots for for my buddy's uh, sister, um, who was a not into me, and B herself was married. Um, they were estranged and not really together at all, um, but still made it you know essentially verboten. So nothing ever ever came of that. Um, a little later online, I ended up, um, having the hots for his other sister, uh, which was, in retrospect, really awkward, but didn't seem to bother me at the time, or him, um, we dated for a little bit, little, little while there, um, nothing too serious, didn't last, uh, whatever, again, nothing, nothing real intense to tell there, um, and I guess eventually, um, I was working uh, at a job, Kenny and I were, and it involved a lot of travel, and I'd hit that sort of point in time where I wanted to, you know, sort of not be living in hotels all the time. Um, and also, I had a GI Bill that was going to waste and wanted to go back to school. Uh, so quit that job and was looking for something local, um, so I can start taking night classes and a mutual friend of ours, um, worked for, uh, a woman who had a landscaping business who was looking for, you know, guys to work, uh, you know, push a mower, run a weed eater, pull weeds, plant things, um, She's like, you know, I can put in a good word for you. The pay was decent. Uh, it was a little bit of a pay cut from what I was doing, but it was worth it to not have to uh, live in a hotel uh, and be able to, you know, stay in one place and have my evenings free to to go uh, go to school and such. Um, so, you know, she made some arrangements and um, was going to have, you know, the the, the boss lady. Uh, you know, give a call for sort of phone interview sort of deal. Uh, like I said, it was a landscaping job. It's not like, you know, dress up in a suit and give her your resume per se. Um, you know. Um, and so I guess this story starts uh, with that phone call. That was sort of, you know, point of first contact. You know, and, and you know, she calls and it's like, hello, and you know, the, the standard pleasantries and, you know, have you ever done this work? You know, normal sort of phone uh, interview sort of questions as applies to, you know, lawn maintenance, you know. You know have you ever, you know, cut cut grass before? Like, yeah, I mowed my grandparents' lawn when I was young and, that, you know, whatever. Um, the most striking part of that conversation um, would definitely be when she... <sighs> When she said, you know, do you have any problems taking orders from a woman? Um, because she, you know, she, she, she was a woman. Uh, it was her business. Um, and the way that she phrased the question made me feel like, oh, she, you know, is used to encountering, you know, macho guys who, you know, have, for whatever stupid reasons, you know, take issue with, you know having a woman in charge or taking orders from a woman or, or some other, you know, chauvinist nonsense, um, which has never been my MO. Like I don't 
what your gender is doesn't matter. If you're the boss, you're the boss, and you tell me what to do, and I'm going to do it. You know, unless it's immoral or illegal or unethical or something, in which case that doesn't, it still doesn't matter, you know, what you've got between your legs. We're, you know, um, and so it was a question that when, you know, she hit me with it, I was, I was like, I thought to myself, well, that's a, that's a weird thing to ask, but I'm sure she's asking for a reason and she's probably encountered, you know, issues in that regard before. And, you know, uh, you know, from her point, let's, let's find this out soon so I can spare myself some, some headache later. So she, you know, hits me with this, you know, do you have any problems, you know, taking, taking orders from a woman? Um, And in retrospect, I, 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 I'm not sure really what I was hoping to achieve with the answer that I gave. I think I was just trying to lighten the mood and, and inject a little, little, little humor. Because um, what I say, you know, do, do you have any problems taking order for, orders from a woman? Um, and of course, you know, I said, oh no, that's no problem. I've been married before. Which is an asshole thing to say, uh, again, in retrospect. But that's, that's what came out of my mouth. Uh, and her response was, well, I'm not your wife. Um, I'm your, I'm your boss. I'm like, no, no, I get it. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, I don't have a problem with, you know, taking orders from a woman that doesn't, you know, and I explained to her that that's, that's not a thing that I have any issues with or even strikes me as a thing that I would have had any issues with. Um, and, uh, you know, and all, and the rest of it all kind of goes well. I recover from that little, little flung up. And then, you know, eventually I, you know, I get the job. Um, you know, it's in Florida. Mowing lawns mainly. My, my main duty was, you know, um, walking behind a giant mower. Um, you know, it wasn't just your standard, you know, lawn folk kind of, of, um, Landscaping. It was high-end, you know, literally multi-million-dollar homes, um, sort of grounds maintenance, sort of a thing. Um, and I'm not going to get too deep in a rabbit hole talking about you know the finer points of that, but uh, it paid pretty well. Um, you know, and in addition to you know pushing a mower, there were plenty of times you know we'd we'd do plantings. Uh, there was many an afternoon where I would spend you know multiple hours going through flower beds picking weeds by hand and being paid ridiculous sums of money to do it because that's what, you know, that's what the rich folk were willing to pay to have their, their lawns manicured. And so that was, that was the job. Um, I got hired, Kenny got hired, you know, we, we worked there. There were a couple, few other folks on the crew, um, our, our mutual friend, um, who was, I believe cousins with Kenny's wife. I believe cousins is, is how that worked. Anyway, um, and we started working there, and, and it worked out fine. We all got along real well. Um, there was, uh, you know, she, the 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 boss lady, um, she had been married twice previously and was recently divorced from her second husband. Um, she had a couple of youngins uh, from that marriage. Um, I want to say the boy was. 10 and uh, the daughter was uh, about to turn 16 I think um, you know and like I said we all worked together we got we all got pretty close and, and, and friendly um, and there were uh, instances uh, where you know when her ex 
had the kids for like the weekend um, on Fridays. Uh, me, Kenny, um, mutual friend, um, and boss lady would hang out at the boss, you know, we'd all get back to the boss lady's house at the end of the day and park the, park the vehicles and, uh, would kind of go inside, um, and have a little thing we called, you know, the round table because she had a round table in her living room. Um, and we would occasionally, you know, partake in, um, green substances, um, and, and perhaps a beer, uh, around the table. Uh, sometimes Kenny's wife would, would drive over and join us and we'd, we'd all hang out. Um, like I said, it was good times. It was friendly. It was, it was all, all, all nice. Um, and you know, there, there were, there were times where, you know, not everyone could, could hang out and stick around for, for the round table. Um, and there were a couple instances where it was kind of just me and me and the boss lady and we'd hang out and talk. And like I said, it was all, all friendly and fine and good. And, you know, there wasn't really anything going on. Um, frankly, the, the idea of, of trying to, you know, have something go on with the boss seemed like probably a poor choice. Um, and not something I was necessarily, you know, kind of gunning for, um, but long story short, over time, that sort of shifted um, and started to, to turn in, into a thing. Um, I guess I should probably also intersperse here um, that it was around this time in my life that um, I hit sort of my worst my lowest point from a mental health standpoint. Again, if you want, you know, particular details, uh, I did a whole podcast about my, my bipolarness, um, and how that went and how that goes and, and so forth. And I'm not going to, you know, reiterate a whole bunch of it now. Uh, but it was during that, you know, the, the Florida lawn mowing era of my life. Uh, that I kind of hit the, the, the worst spot there. And it was actually at the urging of Boss Lady um, that I go see someone. Um, you know, I, I, I found out, <laughs> strangely enough, I, uh, I'd like be leaning down to pick, pick weeds and when I'd stand up, I'd be all lightheaded, you know, um, which didn't seem right. And I went to go see the doctor and he asked me, you know, a bunch of questions and um, you know, I thought it was, you know, is there something physically wrong with me? And he's like, well, you know, how have you been eating? And I'm like, well, you know, to be honest, I eat when I'm fed. I don't necessarily eat all the, you know, as often as I should. And he asked me a bunch of other questions. He's like, yeah, you, you, my friend have, have depression. I'm like, what? He's like, no, like actual clinical depression. Here's, here's a, uh, prescription to, uh, to Zoloft. Um, and when I kind of shared that with the, the gang over lunch one day while we were, you know, doing our landscapery things, uh, boss lady's like, you know, you should probably, you know, pills, that's fine, but you should probably talk to somebody. Here's, here's my, you know, therapist, go, go talk to them and actually, you know, got that ball rolling, how I actually got diagnosed, um, and then medicated and so forth. Um, which I think is noteworthy 
um, and, and relevant to, to the overall story. Um, and so, you know, like I said, all of that happened really before she and I became an item, um, when we were just sort of friends. Um, but still like part of this era, part of the story. Anywho, um, like I said, eventually, um, you know, what was just, you know, hanging out at work, um, and then a bunch of us hanging out after work on Fridays, um, kind of turned into just she and I hanging out sort of socially, um, and doing stuff. And eventually, you know, one, one, you know, one evening I was hanging out after work or, you know, her, her kids went off to the exes for their visitation, you know, overnight visitation, whatever. And, and sort of, you know, one thing led to another and, you know, she sort of professed that she, she had feelings for me and, and, you know, uh, I'll be honest at the time. I'm like, okay, sure. We'll give this a whirl. Like, it, it's not like, it, you know, it was love at first sight or I was, you know, head over heels for her immediately. Um, like I said, being my boss, there was definitely a part of my brain that was actively in opposition, uh, to anything going that way. Um, and I'm going to say that if she didn't, she, if she hadn't made the first move, there most likely would never have been a move. Um, <laughs> uh, but she did. And, you know, being, being young, uh, it's like, okay. Um, and I guess that, you know, for, for some, some context there, I think I would have been like 27 years old, um, ish thereabouts. So that, that, that seems to be, um, about the right, right time frame uh, there somewhere in the, the late twenties. Um, and if you, you know, been paying attention and are doing the math and you realize, well, you're 20, Albert, it would have been about 26 actually. Um, so if I was 26 and her oldest daughter was about to turn 16, that's some interesting math, Todd. Um, I don't know about interesting. Uh, she was 15 years older than I, and I, well, I mean, I guess she still is 15 years older than I, um, you know, unless one of us has fallen into some sort of time rift that's, that's never going to change. Um, but yeah, she's, she's, she's 15 years older than I am. Uh, like I said, her, her oldest daughter was only, you know, 10 years, my junior, um, you know, and, and I guess conversely, you know, she was only, ten, my, my boss lady was only like 10 years younger than, than my mom. Like, it's a weird, weird thing that I, you know, don't think about, try not to think about too much because whatever. Um, I will say this, um, yes, that is a considerable age gap. Um, just because there's an age gap doesn't mean things can't work. Um, I can say from experience, uh, without too much of a spoiler warning, because you know, this one ends in divorce that it doesn't necessarily help. Um, and if you've got an age gap like that, it's real important that everybody is on board with, you know, between the man and the woman are on board that there's this age gap and we just need to, you know, be aware of that and, and not let things get, get weird. Um, there's a certain responsibility on the part of the younger person to, you know, treat the other person like a normal human and not, you know, try and regard them as some sort of, you know, mother figure, because that will make things weird. Um, 
and on the other side, it's it's the there's a certain responsibility on the part of the older person to you know not treat the other one like a child. Um, you know, I, I honestly feel like if there's mutual respect between the two of you, um, things can work out just fine. Um, I've known quite a few people who have you know, considerable differences in age, but it ain't no thing. Um, a buddy of mine, his his wife is you know considerably older than him, but they treat each other with respect. At no point does she treat him like a child. At no point does he you know depend on her like some sort of mommy figure. And they you know they do great. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. That wasn't necessarily my experience, um, which sadly did not really manifest until further on along in the relationship, but, uh, you know, somewhat noteworthy. And again, for those of you paying any attention to the math, uh, figured I'd clear that up and throw that out there, uh, to you. Um, so we, you know, we, 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 we started dating, um, ish. Um, it was kind of weird. Uh, because I worked for her, um, and there was, I mean, it was one of those things where at the time where all this happened, her employees were me, my buddy Kevin, um, or Kenny rather, um, our, like I said, our mutual cousin, his, his sister's cousin. Um, anyway, um, there were only like a handful of us, uh, at the time, uh, that things got serious and it, like, it was kind of a given that, you know, I was going, I couldn't not tell Kenny who therefore could not, not tell his wife who would most likely tell her cousin, like it was going to get out. So there was a very brief period where it was kind of on the down low on that front. Um, but we, we, you know, we, we kept that to a minimum. Um, it was mainly sort of strange because of the children. Um, and not necessarily because of the children. Uh, the, the kids and I got along well. They liked me. I liked them. We all we all did fine. Um, it was more that, you know, when we were dating, it's like, well, I don't know. I don't want them to get, you know, too connected in case this doesn't go somewhere. And frankly, on my end, vice versa, because I'm not looking to screw up any kids' brains, uh, you know, whatever. But mainly because she was still kind of fresh off of a divorce and her ex was kind of a dick. Um, and I don't mean just a, just a sort of an asshole. He was one of those people who would like use the children as ammunition to hurt the ex, his ex, you know, um, just a toxic waste kind of a human. Um, and so, in, in addition to not wanting to just sort of add to sort of the the anguish he was causing the children, um, also there was a general impression that if, you know, he caught word that she was dating again, he would up the ante on his assholeness. Um, and we were kind of trying to avoid that, too. Um, but, um, you know... We did date, you know, we, we, we tended to, you know go out mainly when, you know, the, the kids were over at the exes for visitation. Um, you know, there were a couple of times where I'd, I'd come over to their house, you know, for, for dinner and we'd go out, uh, you know, to the diner together as a group. Um, but largely low key, um, there was no sleeping over, uh, as so to speak, um, when the, the children were present. 
Um, again, did not think that would play well. Did not think that set the right uh, uh, the right sort of example, etc. Um, same, you know, it was kind of a you know every other week sleepover type situation uh, at best. Um, and I think probably largely that kind of situation is is probably what led to the hasty um, proposal and, and subsequent marriage. Because um, I kind of feel like if we'd have been able to be a little more casual um, and a little more, take a little more time to, to figure things out and who we were and how we worked together and, and you know, on that level, um, you know, maybe that might not have happened, but, um, you know, there, there's a pressure of, you know, well, you know, if we're married, you live here and we can be together and do things and you don't have to, you know, bounce around from here to there, you know, sneaking and so on and so forth. Um, you know, and I think that, that created a sort of a hastier situation than, than might have needed be. Um, but it is what it is, and it was what it was, and, you know, um, you know, we, like you said, we, we got engaged, um, it was a fairly short engagement as memory serves, I want to say six months, maybe, like, the whole thing went pretty quickly, all things told, um, like, I want to say, like, a year and a half from, hey, I'm just your employee, to, hey, here, here we are, you know, a man and wife, um, because, yeah, we got, I think it was, like, we got engaged, and, like, six months later, got married, um, super small ceremony, uh, at a friend's house, I mean, mind you, the friend's house was, you know, a, a property that was the most expensive property in, like, five counties, um, in the Tampa St. Pete area, um, because these people were, were rich as hell, um, I mean, realistically, we were their employees because we did the grounds maintenance, but she, she and the, uh, the woman who owned the place were, were very friendly, um, and so that, you know, we, we got married there. Anyway, um, and things generally, as far as the marriage goes, things generally went, um, went pretty well for a fair bit of the time. Um, there would be the occasional, uh, piece of friction, um, largely because, and this, I'm sure there's a better phrase for this, uh, but because, uh, you know, boss lady was an alpha male, she was very much a female, but she had that kind of, I am the boss, I am in charge of shit, um, in most aspects of our life, which sometimes, which sometimes caused some problems. Um, I mean, when it came to the business, that was her business that existed long before I was around. She had all the expertise and in that arena of our relationship, yep, you're the boss. You are absolutely in charge. I have no contention there. Tell me what to do and I will do it as an employee. Fine. I get no beef with that. Um, applying that same sort of logic to your actual personal life. Um, in my experience, is problematic. Yes, this is your house, it's in your name, and you've been living here for many a year before we got married and I came here. 
but I still live here and I'm your husband and I should have some say. Uh, I don't think is unreasonable, but there were certain key points where it's, nope, my way or the highway. I, you know, I've got seniority. I've got dibs. Um, that there were points where that didn't really work for me. Um, you know, um, they say, you know, marriage, I, I guess I don't think marriages should be all compromised because then no one ever gets what they want. Um, really, I think marriages should be two people who are on the same page enough to where mostly you're both getting what you want. And in cases where that doesn't, you kind of, you know, pick your battles and you compromise on certain things so that no one feels like they're being steamrolled. Um, which is largely where I am now, uh, with, with Abby. Uh, like I said, we, we tend to just agree on most things anyway. And if there's something that I feel one way and she feels another way, you know, we'll, we'll discuss it and come to some mutual agreement. Um, this was not the case, um, in, in marriage number two, she would, you know, make a bold declaration of this is a thing that's happening. And I'd be like, well, how about we, you know, whatever. Nope. That's what it is. Um, and you know, over a long term period that can breed resentment. <laughs> um, I guess it's probably the easiest, quickest way to say that. Um, and that logic applied to a lot of other things too. And again, this is where the, I think the age difference started to, to show and, and have an impact. Uh, you know, I'd have an idea or a thought or whatever we'd be talking about. Um, and there were points where she'd just flat out look at me like, well, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. I've been around the block a lot more, whatever. And, you know, it's not like I'm some like 13 year old. Like, you know, at this point, we, you know, we're married. We've been married a couple years. I'm like in my, you know, mid, you know, early 30s, um, which as, you know, a person in his, you know, mid 40s, eh, there are points where kids in their, you know, early 30s don't necessarily know what they're talking about, but they're not children. It's not like, oh, you're, you're, you're stupid. You have never, you know, lived life. You don't know what you're talking about, um, which is kind of the tack she took with me, which was upsetting because, you know. Yeah, I may not be, you know, the wisest, smartest person, but, you know, I've been to college, I've been to the military, I've been married, I've been divorced, I've been, you know, multiple places, done a bunch of things. It's not like, you know, I'm, you know, some 12-year-old who just got off the hay barn, you know, from from the farm and dropped in the big old city. Like, I, I, I know a thing or two also. Like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? Like, I'm some sort of child. Um... Which again did not did not really play well, um, and again I'm going to have to come back to uh, sort of a reminder that throughout the entire time that we were together, um, I was on medications uh, for for a mental situation uh, for for the bipolar condition there, um, which largely I would say helped. Um, you know they kind of kept me from getting too deep into a depression. Um, and they also kept me from getting too, you know, ridiculously manic as they were supposed to do. They kind of rounded the edges off of everything and kind of, you know, normalized things to a certain degree. Um, the net effect of that is that when you're in a relationship and you're having, you know, some sort of disagreement or argument or whatever, um, the sort of passion that you bring to bear in defending your, your, your arguments for whatever your stance is, 
um, in my case, were dulled but chemically. Um, and so most of our arguments, she won sort of by default. Like I might put up some resistance and, you know, say some things, but ultimately it would end up with me apologizing for upsetting her and conceding to whatever it is that she wanted. Uh, because I was in no, no fit state to continue arguing and I wasn't going to win because she had a steely eyed, locked jawed stubbornness about her. Um, that gave you the impression that she would sooner die than give in, um, which is not fun to be up against. Um, and she had the, the unchemically doused passion to back up whatever it was she was saying. Um, and I just wanted to not be miserable. And if I, you know, would give in eventually we, you know, we'd be good to go and happy again and things could continue, uh, even though I was screwed on whatever that topic might be. Um, and that's, that's the way to, to, to lead a life. I guess the other thing is, is if we were having, you know, a discussion or argument, um, and somehow my feelings were strong enough to get past the chemical dampening, um, and would, you know, speak, uh, you know, passionately about whatever that topic is, um, it would immediately be thrown in my face that I was obviously having a manic episode and I needed to calm down. Um, it couldn't possibly be that I felt strongly about the topic at hand, um, and, you know, had strong feelings and wanted to express those, uh, it's, you know, you, you, you're, you're off your meds. Um, and I know that wasn't I knew that wasn't true, um, but you can't really defend against that. Like, you know, I took my meds. Well, you're, you're, you're obviously flaring up beyond what, like without some sort of pocket instant blood test that shows you, you know, what your emotional state is, uh, or not, uh, there's really no way to counter that, um, which again made things, um, you know, awkward and weird. Um, there, there was a, a point, um, I want to say probably about three years into the marriage, um, that I will concede that I did in fact have, you know, sort of a manic episode. Um, we, we were, we had just had some, some form of argument. Um, I, I honestly can't remember what it was. I'm sure it was probably something that was in the big picture view of things, not that terribly significant, but seemed super damn important to both of us at the time. Um, some sort of argument, disagreement about something. Um, you know, um, that ended with me sleeping on the couch, not cause she kicked me out, but I just, uh, I'm going to sleep on the couch. I, I, I want to, I want some space cause we're, we weren't getting along real well. Um, and the next morning, um, she hops in the car to go to run some sort of errand. Um, the, the, the young son went off to school young daughter, I think was also off at school or something. Um, she was in her car, um, and went off. Um, and I was supposed to, you know, come along later and meet, meet up, uh, boss lady at, uh, the, the job site with the truck, with the trailer that has all the, you know, mowing, all the mowing gear, whatever. Like I said, for some reason they had all headed out earlier. 
Um, and I'm sitting there at the house and I'm having breakfast and I'm fuming about the situation and how you know futile it is and how she's always steamrolling me and, and whatever, whatever. And like I said, I, it, it, there, there, there's definitely a manic, not mentally stable element to this uh, because a normally mentally stable person doesn't do what I was, uh, what I did next. Uh, which was basically load up as much of the stuff as I could onto one of our bicycles because all four of us had bikes that we would, you know, tool around in a little bit. Um, packed up what I felt I needed to take with, the bare essentials, onto this bike. And I called her on her cell phone and said, I'm leaving. She's like, okay, good. You're, you're running behind. Uh, you know, I'll see if you want. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm leaving. Like, I'm leaving you kind of a thing. Uh, and she's like, okay. And I hung up. And as I was pulling out, for whatever reason, the daughter was pulling into the driveway. She'd forgotten a thing, which made for an awkward moment. And I biked off um, with a handful of things um, and no good destination in mind. Like I said, that is not something a mentally stable normal person does and you know for good reason that was upsetting to her and the whole family um and that's on me um I ended up biking to my to Kenny's place and crashing for a night or two um and eventually you know sort of snapped out of it and went back um but things never quite recovered from that um as as much as we might try, um, that was always sort of out there. I mean, when I came back, I, I am fully aware of the, you know, the damage that that created, you know, all of a sudden you're just going to hop on a thing and, and bail on us. How do we know that's not going to happen again? And what, what caused all that? What's going on with there? Um, and like I said, the, the whole time we were married, I was in, I was in therapy, um, in one form or another. Um, when we first met, she was in therapy, but eventually she sort of stopped going. She felt like she was doing all right. Um, the kids had therapists prior, you know, prior to me, largely in relation to the horrible divorce and the asshole father, uh, situation. And I guess I should also mention that shortly after, uh, we got married the asshole fatherness escalated to a point to where the kids just refused to have anything to do with him and to go over there. And there were various legal disputes and, and escalated nonsenses there. Uh, and so, yeah, those kids were, those kids were in therapy. Uh, we all had therapists. Um, what strikes me is that after, you know, that incident where I kind of bailed out and, and so forth, um, you know, the kids saw their shrinks makes sense. Got some helpful advice. Um, I like doubled up on shrinkness, which again, makes sense. I did a thing that was not, you know, exactly sane and normal. Um, it always struck me that boss lady did not feel that she wanted or needed to enlist any additional assistance to help cope with and understand that situation. Um, and like oftentimes did not even want to come in with me to my shrink to talk about the situation. Um, which I think might be a bit telling. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's a little telling. Um, because when your family goes through 
that kind of upheaval. Um, you know, this wasn't just a thing that impacted me. Um, frankly, it, pro it impacted them more than it did me. Um, and I think it's odd to seek additional assistance for, you know, the, the psychic damage that this did to the children, but for her to not feel like she wanted or needed any additional assistance in coping with it. Um, in retrospect, it seems kind of like a, a testimony to her, I'm, <laughs> I'm tough, I'm stubborn, I can take this, I don't need to talk to somebody else. Um, when really it probably would have been beneficial to all parties concerned for her to get a little bit of extra help too. Uh, again, I'm not looking to cast a whole lot of stones here on this, but had the roles been reversed, um, I don't know that I would have had the ego to think that I've got this all on lockdown. I don't need any help to help me cope with the things that I'm feeling. Um, it's probably a good idea to get another person's, you know, perspective on this to help guide my way through. Um, but in any case, that didn't, didn't really happen. Um, you know, over the course of the next couple of years, um, that we were together, uh, like I said, I, I was, I was all in on trying to, you know, make this situation better. Uh, you know, I realized that I had had, you know, some sort of break from reality and that, you know, that was not a good thing and let's see what we can do to prevent that from happening again. Um, if that means, you know, upping some dosage and getting some extra, you know, therapy in to, to prevent that, let's do that. Um, I also realized that, you know, in doing what I did, it impacted, uh, you know, people other than myself and that I want to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, and to make sure that, you know, they're getting what they need. Um, and like I said, having, having your, your husband slash, you know, stepdad just one day out of the blue decide to go poof. Um, that's pretty jarring. Um, that's going to wreck your trust in that person. Um, and I get that, uh, you know, and my goal was to try and rebuild that trust. Um, which I had thought and hoped was sort of a mutual, uh, goal to try and, okay, let's rebuild this. Let's get let's all get back to try and get back to where we were or as close to it as we could. Um, and I feel like one of the key things in order to make that happen is that, you know, you acknowledge that a thing happened and you work to try and correct for that. But at some point there has to be some level of, you know, um, acceptance or forgiveness. Um, there's gotta be some level of trust that, you know, this isn't going to happen again, because if you move forward thinking, well, it happened once. It's going to happen again. I I can't come to a point to where I can believe that this won't happen again. Like you're never going to rebuild that trust. Like you're never going to get back anywhere close to where you were. Um, and the next couple of years were a test of that type of situation. Um, you know, I I was you know bending over backward to try and you know make this right, um, and. Admittedly, the you know the, the the lion's share of that responsibility was on me and should have been on me as I'm the one who screwed up. But there's a little bit of give and take that's got to happen there, you know, to to you know a bit of cooperation that's got to take place in order for that to you know be effective and to work. Um, 
And like I said, I think that's where things kind of, you know, fell apart, broke down, didn't go as well as they could have. Um, again, not looking to, you know, recycle through all of the, the nitty gritty bits of it, but, um, you know, progress was made and th you know, it's, it's not like the next two years were hell where we were at each other's throats or anything. Um, but there was sort of an underlying tension for a fair bit of it. Um, you know, and in points where, you know, things were going fairly well. Um, but you know, you'd have, you know, a disagreement as, you know, most couples do, I'm, I'm led to believe, uh, you know, where you, you know, disagreed on a thing and, you know, maybe that turns into an argument. Um, it was regularly brought back up that, oh, what are you going to do, Todd? Are you going to get upset and leave? And it's like, no, that's, that, you know, that's not what I'm trying to do. That's what we're working against. And almost to a point to where I'm like, why are you bringing this up? Like, why are you, are you trying to get that result? Um, you know, and again, no, no real level of, you know, cooperation or compromise in a lot of these things. And again, my sort of default position at that time was to, you know, when things started to get particularly bad, just cave, just let her have her way so that, you know, things wouldn't be more disrupted than they were. Um, which is not a great way, you know, to live. Um, I think things finally started to come to the, you know, the beginning of the end. Um, in the following way, uh, I guess, to, to step back a little bit. Um, I have always been a person who has um, journaled. Um, I've not done much of it lately, but growing up, uh, when I was in high school, uh, part of the English class was to have a journal, um, you know, write whatever you want, write stories, write poetry, just, you know, not necessarily a diary, but a thing to write in all the time. Um, you know, and their goal was to try and, you know, keep us literate and try and get us writing and, and so forth. Um, and I enjoyed that. I enjoy writing. Um, but it was also somewhat therapeutic, uh, to kind of write down, you know, what I was thinking or feeling, even if it wasn't, you know, a dear diary, here's what happened today. Even if it was, you know, a short story that had nothing to do with what I had going on. Uh, it was nice to vent about things in, into paper. Um, and again, because the, um, the journaling that we did like in high school was something that you knew somebody was going to look at. Again, they weren't diaries. These things weren't generally written in the sense of, oh, these are secure and no one will ever lay his eyes on them. Um, there's a general expectation that, you know, someone would ask before they do so, uh, I think. And I don't think that's, you know, an unreasonable, you know, sort of expectation there. Um, but kind of writing and journaling has always been a thing that I've done. And as part of my therapy, you know, my various therapists, you know, recommended and encouraged that I continue to do so. And so, you know, I had a, I had a little, you know, leather bound volume that, you know, blank pages that I would write in. And like, sometimes it would be just, you know, doodling and scribbling. Sometimes it would be, you know, ideas for the D and D campaign. Sometimes it would be, you know, little snippets of verse and poetry or songs or whatever. Sometimes they'd be little short stories. Sometimes it would just be me ranting about whatever it is that I didn't feel comfortable venting about anywhere else. 
uh, you know, that was sort of my space to express myself. Um, and, you know, I kept this, this, you know, this journal, uh, in my backpack that kind of went with me everywhere. Uh, again, working as a landscaper, I had a backpack full of miscellaneous things that might come in handy, uh, depending on what I was doing and whatever. And I did, you know, I, I basically carried it like a purse, like it was basically a purse, but it was a backpack. Um, and so there were plenty of times at that point, uh, where I would be out working, um, oftentimes by myself. And so when I was taking a lunch break and I'd sit in the truck and, you know, to cool off and, you know, have a bite to eat and something to drink or whatever, and I'd break it out and I'd, you know, write about whatever it was I was thinking. Um, and like I said, there's, there's a fair bit of it that was, you know, kind of me venting into the paper. Um, you know, there were points of frustration in my life. Uh, you know, I was fairly regularly, you know, being called out for what is essentially, you know, uh, a mental state that was not my fault, not something that, you know, I asked to have happen, but, you know, bipolar is real. Uh, and you can do what you can to try and, you know, assess what you're doing and how you're feeling and try to, you know, alter your, your actions, uh, you know, accordingly to be a little more socially acceptable, uh, you know, and try and keep yourself under control. But the, the feelings that you have are the feelings that you have, uh, you know, the, the, the difference is how you express them. Do you, you know, lash out and scream and holler at your wife and children, or do you kind of, you know, repress that a little bit, invent into, you know, your journal about, man, this sucks and blah, 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 uh, you know, there are choices that you make, um, but I would still regularly catch flack, uh, just for being who I was, uh, you know, if there was any deviation from, you know, happy-go-lucky Todd, uh, it was very quickly pointed out that, oh, did you take your meds, or did you miss your meds, or, oh, are you, you know, having a, a manic moment, um, even when what I was experiencing, you know, in retrospect, uh, you know, were just normal human emotions. Um, everything I did was through the lens of you have, you know, a, a, a mental instability. Um, and that was frustrating. Um, you know, there in the last couple of years, um, boss lady, unfortunately, um, you know, fell victim to rheumatoid arthritis. Um, which if you're not familiar, don't know anybody with it's joint pain. It is joint pain extreme, uh, depending on how bad you've got it, you know, moving hurts, you know, doing anything can hurt. Um, and that had two key impacts in regards to, you know, our relationship. Um, the first of which, and that I'm not going to go into any great detail on is, you know, Maintaining a physical relationship uh, can be difficult when your partner is, uh, you know, in pain when you embrace or, you know, try to do anything else that a married couple typically engages in, um, which makes those acts difficult uh, because I'm not into hurting the person I'm with. Um, add to that that I was on Zoloft, which does have as a listed uh, side effect, you know, an impairment of libido, um, and there wasn't a lot of, um, marital t action taking place, uh, I'd say probably for, like, the last year of our marriage, 
Um, and I wasn't bitter about that in the sense that I blamed her or, you know, felt particularly, you know, upset about that. But at the same time, you know, I'm a human man who is in my thirties and that's a bummer. Um, like I said, it wasn't a, you know, casting blame on herself or me. It's, this is a situation that no longer really exists. Um, and that can be frustrating. Um, the other main impact of, of the arthritis is, you know, given that we both worked, um, in what was essentially, you know, physical labor, you know, doing landscaping, you know, working machinery, planting things, pulling weeds, trimming hedges, this, that, and the other thing involves a lot of motion. Um, a lot involves a lot of joint motion. Um, and when it hurts like hell to do any of that, you can't really do it. And so, you know, at that point in the business, um, due to various factors that aren't really relevant to this story, um, our crew was essentially down to me and her. Uh, we didn't have any other employees. Um, let's call it downsizing. Um, but when she then could not work, I was kind of left to do all the work. Um, <laughs> which again, I understand that situation. Um, and again, don't hold it against her. She couldn't control that she had arthritis any more than I could control, uh, you know, that I was bipolar. Um, but it was frustrating to me in the sense that, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and assume all of this labor, which essentially is what is, you know, making us money so that we have, you know, a roof over our head and food on our tables, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and got no real acknowledgement uh, and I'm not looking for praise or a whole lot of thanks, but just an acknowledgement that, yes, it is your company, but I'm the one that's currently doing all of this, and maybe you, you cut me a little slack um, when I, you know, am doing the work of basically four people solo, and I, you know, come home and I'm tired, um, and don't want to immediately, you know, start cooking dinner for you. Um, that sort of a thing sort of grew into to, to some resentment. Um... And these are some things that would be, you know, written about. Um, again, of the understanding that this was my personal sort of space to vent and, and discuss these things, and that, you know, if someone else were to go looking in there, uh, I would know about it. And if that was something that was of interest, we could do so together, and I could sort of give some context to, you know, what, what was in the notebook. Um, because I, I would freely admit to you then, as I will now, if you crack into one of my many journals over the course of my life and just opened them up and started looking through them, they absolutely look like the, the look like something, uh, you know, a madman has put together, um, hastily scribbled writing with no coherent, you know, theme or thesis to any of it, random snippets of this, you know, on one page you've got, you know, four lines of a, of a poem slash song and a little, little doodle of some sort of alien followed by, you know, a, a paragraph of me bitching about, boy, goddamn, I hate that dog for tearing up, you know, my favorite, whatever. Um, 
you look at that and that's 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 a crazy person. Um, but it also wasn't intended for general consumption. Like I knew what all of it was. You know, sometimes they were notes that I would refer to. Sometimes it was just sort of a disposable area to scrawl in and move on with my life, and it wasn't really meant to be revisited. Um, but the understanding was that if, you know, for whatever reason we needed to refer to that, it would be jointly, and I could give context to, okay, the day that I wrote this thing that I really am, you know, pissed off at this dog situation, uh, here's what the background for that was. Because these also weren't, these entries weren't dated, um, they weren't necessarily order. I opened the book to whatever, you know, blank or blank-ish page is available and start scrolling. Um, so you can't even go through it sequentially and look at, oh, well, here's the sequence of events. Moral of the story being, um, there's one day where, um, you know, I'm in the house doing my thing. And the house that we lived in, we had an, an attached garage. Um, we were both cigarette smokers, but we did not smoke in the house. Uh, generally we took it outside or we would smoke in the garage. Um, the garage also had a, like a, like a half bath in it. Like basically just, just, just a, a, a toilet, um, in there, um, that we would, you know, it was in, it was in, you know, full operation. It was, you know, could be used and we did. Um, and there was a point where, you know, we went out for a cigarette. She went into the bathroom. I went back inside and it had been a long time. Um, and I'm just curious, go out and I see, you know, the bathroom doors, you know, still closed. Like, okay, you're taking care of some business, whatever. I go back inside and a lot of time, uh, more time passed. And, you know, at this point I'm like, is, is something wrong? You know, I, is, is everything okay? And she's in the bathroom crying. And I'm like, what's, 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 you know, what's, what's up? What's going on? What's, what's the matter? Um, and come to find out that, you know, she had gotten into my backpack and grabbed my journal and just started flipping through. Um, and the thing that apparently had set her off was, you know, a couple of pages that I'd written about our dog situation. Um, and it was me complaining about our dog situation. Uh, she had a black lab mix of some sort. I want to say it was a black lab chow uh, dog when we first met. Uh, shortly thereafter, she got a um, a Great Dane puppy um, and had both of those when, you know, we started to, you know, actually be a couple and get married. Um, a year or two into the marriage, she was, you know, driving home from somewhere in this random uh, Weimariner mix dog, like, comes up to the side of her car, and for reasons I still can't fathom, she opens the car, and the dog hops in, and, you know, he doesn't have any real identification, and she, you know, brings him home, and I'm like, what are you doing? We don't need another dog. I think this is a bad idea. Um, and I was just summarily vetoed, like, no, I want this dog. You're going to have this dog. We're going to have this dog now. Um, and whereas the other two were fairly well behaved, this dog was one of those, I'm going to be underfoot. I'm going to jump up onto your bed while you're sleeping, even though dogs aren't allowed on our bed. Um, I'm going to tear things up. I'm, you know, whatever. 
And it was frustrating to me because here I am with a third dog I didn't want and had no say in it that was regularly keeping me from getting a good night's sleep, um, shredding various articles of clothing and furniture, um, etc. And I had expressed this, you know, in my journal about how I'm pissed off about all these, these goddamn dogs. Um, which was like weeks prior to her, you know, getting her hands on said journal. Now, the other piece of context to, you know, the problem with her reading that at that time is that the lab chow fell ill uh, and recently had to be put down. Um, which, in that context, reading a thing that your husband wrote about how he's he really hates the dogs, um, I can see that as problematic. Again had we discussed and had some context, it would have been, yes, I've written the words, I hate the dogs, but I don't actually hate the dogs. I don't actually wish them any harm. Um, you know, I, it's, I'm frustrated with this dog situation. Um, and also at the point when it was written, all three dogs were healthy and fine. Um, but that's not the context in which she read it. And absent of any, you know, conversation around it, etc that, you know, she took it one way, um, and that became a problem. What really set me off about the whole piece there is that, you know, she not only got into, you know, my backpack and got into, you know, my journal, my private thoughts without any consultation with me. Um, she proceeded to remove those pages, um, which I find particularly offensive. Um, not cool for you to go digging around in my, my journal unattended, but to actually remove things from them is, was to me a, a bit of a bridge too far. Um, and that caused quite, you know, a ruckus, quite a stir, quite a bit of a, you know, marital, um, argument, discussion, situation. Um... And so, you know, this was brought up in, you know, my next, you know, meeting with my, my, my shrink, my therapist. Um, and if there, by any chance there are any, you know, um, mental health professionals, uh, listening, um, understand that I don't use shrink in any sort of, you know, negative connotation, um, that's what I refer to my therapist as. It's not meant as any slam on psychiatry in general or those people in particular. Um, but I bring up, you know, this, this, you know, offense to the person I'm supposed to talk about all this. And they were, you know, kind of floored by this. She did what? She, what? Like it, it, it's inconceivable to most normal humans, I think, to go into a person's journal, period, let alone, you know, remove things from it, claim them as your own, etc., etc. Um, I don't think I was alone in that. Um, she felt completely justified in doing so. Um, no, I don't know that anyone else agreed with her. Um, that wasn't agreeing with her just for the sake of they would agree with her regardless. Like, you know, her, the children, her, her mother, her sister, people who are going to be on your side kind of regardless. Um, anyone who could reasonably be considered a neutral party thought that this was just absolutely crossing a line. Um, you know, and so I come 
you know, it, I had an appointment with my therapist. It was like midday. And, you know, from there I go back to the job site that we're all at. And she's like, how'd it go? And I'm like, well, we can talk about it later. Because we were there on a customer's, you know, property. Um, I believe our daughter, you know, our, our daughter who was college age, but on like summer break and was there helping us was there. And I'm not going to get into all that where we were with who we were with, but she wasn't having that. Where, how did it go? And I'm like, well, I kind of told them about what happened with the journal and they think that, you know, that's, that's a gross violation and that we should probably discuss that, but now's maybe not the time. Um, to which she wasn't having any of it and proceeded to get into a whole thing, which is not helpful. Um, and it just sort of kind of went from there. It, it started to definitely open my eyes to, I am the only person who is actively trying to make this situation any better. Um, I am a person who is looking for alternatives and is willing to, you know, make the changes necessary to make this work. And she is just, I am right, you are wrong. Um, damn whatever anyone else says. That's not how this is going to go. I am, you know, the end all be all of, of you know, what we've got going on here. Um, and ultimately it came to a point to where, you know, I, you know, was trying to do everything I could was trying, you know, like I said, I was going to therapy very regularly and was trying to encourage her to, you know, come with, um, and we can talk with someone else about this. You know, we can, you know, not find somebody to take sides or keep score or whatever, but let's have a neutral party who can chime in and, and give some input. That's not just, you know, take this from being a strictly, he said, she said situation to get, you know, some sort of arbitration involved. Um, and she just was not having it. Um, you know, I, I find it problematic when I go to talk to a person who has years and years of medical training in psychology, psychiatry, etc. Um, talking about, you know, the state of our relationship and my mental state and how all that is. And I have someone who has not had any of that training feeling that, you know, I know better than they do. Um, and that eventually culminated in, you know, we, uh, we had a, a, a fight one night, um, right before a bunch of folks were supposed to come over, uh, to play Magic the Gathering. We had a, uh, a group of, uh, people, largely, uh, our daughter's friends from college and high school who also played Magic the Gathering. Uh, and we regularly had get-togethers where we'd all sit around a table and play into the wee hours of the night, eating junk food, drinking sodas, and whatever. Um, and this all kind of came to a head like an hour before everybody was supposed to show up. Um, and as we got closer, I'm like, you know, this is kind of a major situation we've got going on. You know, we, we've got some things we need to talk about. I, I realize there, you know, are three or four people supposed to come over here and have a good time, but I think, you know, this is maybe more important. Can we, like, call off the party so we can talk. Um, and she decided that that wouldn't be fair to them, um, to, you know, deny them use of our house as a paid place to hang out and play a game. That was more important than us working out our differences. Um, and so folks started to show up and, you, you know, there wasn't really an option for me to say, no, you guys need to go without it 
becoming a worse situation, um, you know, I had been vetoed. Uh, and so folks came over and there was magic played. And I was pretty quiet for most of the evening and I did my best to put on a good face so as to not make it awkward for all parties concerned. Um, but you know, two, three in the morning when they all left, I was tired. I was not really keen on, okay, well, let's get into this major argument now. Nor was she. She went to bed. I hopped on the couch, whatever. You know, the next morning rolls around and it's the awkward, okay, what do we do now type of situation. Um, and I, I'm like, what, you know, what do, what do we do? Like, what are you, can we go see someone? I'm not, I'm not going to go see him with you. Okay. Well then what are we doing here? And she's like, well, what do you want to do? And at that point, I, you know, my thought was, okay, this isn't working the way it is. There's no indication that you want to do anything to try and make this better. There's nothing that I seem to be able to do to make this better. You don't want to get anyone else involved to try and help us. We're kind of out of options. There's nothing to do. And when she looked at me and said, okay, well, you know, what do you want to do? I'm like, do I leave? Um, and the next thing I know, she is getting up from the table, walking into the, you know, the back of the house where the children's, uh, you know, bedrooms were and announces to both children, Todd's leaving. And they're like, what do you mean? And she's like, Todd has decided to leave us, which is not at all what I had said, not at all what I intended. But when the mother of the children looks at them and says, Todd has decided to leave, what am I going to do? Say, um, she's a liar. That's not at all what's happening here. That's not really going to work. Um, and she's made her decision. And based on previous experience, anytime she makes one of these decisions, I really don't have any veto power. I'm like, all right, I guess that's how it is. Um, and at that point, I began gathering my, my stuff, um, which was awkward because she also felt it necessary to hover over me like a hawk as though I were going to, you know, make off with the family heirlooms or steal a bunch of her stuff or destroy things, which mind you, I've never given anyone any indication that that is the kind of person I am or what I would do, but that didn't stop her because she was super paranoid and vengeful and not interested. So she hovered over me. Um, I was able to pack a suitcase set of my stuff. You know, the, the giant suitcase, the mid-size suitcase, the little roll-on suitcase, the, you know, that stack into each other. I had a set of those um, that I basically had to pack all of my belongings into. Um, I had a bunch of stuff on my computer, various writings that go back all the way to high school. Couldn't get to those because she was over my my shoulder like a hawk as I was on the computer and everything I tried to move to, you know, a thumb drive. It's like, what is that? And eventually it just wasn't worth it to me. Uh, so I lost a lot of memories that way. Um, but I packed up everything I had into three suitcases and called a cab and had that cab take me to a hotel near a Best Buy, I remember, because I had to go into the Best Buy and uh, apply for credit, buy a laptop, 
go to a hotel, log in, change all of my passwords because I knew she knew my passwords and God only knows what would happen if she decided to get vengeful there. Um, I stayed the night in the hotel. I managed to take three suitcases down to two because I didn't want to spend any more money on baggage fees. Um, and I hopped in an airplane to go back up home to Ohio, uh, where thankfully my little sister was willing to, you know, give me a place to stay until I got things figured out. Um, and that was pretty much, that was pretty much the end of it. Um, I mean, we talked on the phone a couple of times, sufficient to say, yep, this is real, this is happening. I'm not coming back to this toxic situation where you don't want to, you know, try and make anything better. Um, we've been living like this for a long time and you're not going to change. And frankly, even in the conversations, she was very clear that she was not going to budge on this. And I'm like, well, then I guess we're done. Um, we had the marriage, um, I guess it wasn't technically a divorce. Um, what is it? Dissolved, I believe, is what, what they call it. Um, what was yours is yours. What's mine is what was mine is mine. There really isn't anything joint because the whole time we were together, uh, she refused to join things, I guess, in preparation for events like this. So there were no like joint assets that needed divvied up. So it was pretty cut and dry on that front. And, uh, that was it. Um, she and I haven't spoken since, um, the children, pretty much wrote me off the day I was effectively kicked out because they thought I was leaving them again. Um, and that, that was the end of that one. Um, and really sort of the end of this tale. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's how that played out. Um, like I said, I've got, I obviously have, you know, thoughts and feelings about the situation. You know, the end of an eminent of a marriage is not ever really a good thing, I don't think. Um, but, you know, I, I try to, you know, live life trying to look on the bright side of things um, and, and trying not to have, you know, any regrets. So let's, let's end the podcast, uh, you know, on a, on a positive note, if we can given the, uh, the subject matter and that the bulk of it was me, you know, speaking of my woes, uh, let's, 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 let's talk about, you know, the, the eventual effects and, and, and some of the positives that, that came out of this. Um, you know, I, uh, there are certain aspects of this for, for which, you know, looking at it in hindsight, you know, uh, a decade plus later, um, that, you know, there, there, there's some good that came out of it. Um, I mean, I, I will say that, you know, it was, it was a five-year marriage. Um, several of those years, you know, I think I could, I could say, you know, we had a good run. Um, <laughs> and, and not, not, you know, not to be a jackass or, you know, to make light of it or whatever, but, you know, there, there were good years. I, I, you know, it ended, but I don't want to make it out like, oh, those were the five worst years of my life. That was hell the whole way through. You know, there, there were good times. Um, it's just when we, you know, hit the bumps in the road, we never quite recovered 
and you hit enough bumps and you start to, you know, wobble out of control, eventually it's going to fall down and fall apart. Um, but, you know, um, if it weren't for, you know, that falling apart the way that it did in my, you know, return back to Ohio, um, you know, I, there are a lot of things that would not have happened. Um, and I'm very glad that, you know, some things, certain things did happen. Um, if I weren't in Ohio at the time that I was back in Ohio, uh, when my daughter reached out to me via MySpace to reconnect, um, I would not have been able to reconnect in the way that I did. You know, we might have been able to, you know, email and maybe have a phone call, but there wouldn't have been, you know, the face-to-face, -face, you know, meeting and conversation and trying to build that relationship back up, you know, by virtue of being, you know, many, a many, a many a mile away. And so, you know, I'm glad that, you know, when that happened, I was actually in the state and in a position to where I could go and see her and, and reconnect. Um, you know, the entire time that I was in Florida, um, I would occasionally talk, you know, to, to my folks and my, my siblings and, and, and so forth. Um, it wasn't very often, uh, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, I'm not really Mr. Pick up the phone and call people guy. Um, but in terms of, you know, seeing everybody, um, you know, before I got married the second time, uh, my, my father passed away, uh, you know, and I flew back up home, you know, for his funeral and saw the family then, um, you know, but after he'd passed, you know, a couple, after, you know, a couple years, uh, you know, after we, you know, I got married the second time, um, you know, that marriage was, you know, me, boss lady, her family, um, a handful of friends, uh, you know, kind of end of list, uh, you know, the, but we, we did not have money or, or the ability to bring everybody in. It was a very small affair, you know, um, you know, my brother and sisters never met her. Um, I'm trying to think if they even ever talked on the phone. Um, and it's not like, you know, there were any particular issues there, you know, between them. It's not like there was beef, uh, that I know of between them. Um, but just, there was never a connection made. Um, you know, and it's, and it's, it's impossible for me to know for sure or to hypothesize. Um, you know, had I been on some form of social media, like had the marriage stayed stuck together, had I been on some form of social media and my daughter tried to reach out to me, um, you know, and I wanted to try and, well, I want to fly up to Ohio to meet her. I don't know how that would have went, uh, is, is just the truth. Um, there are parts of me that think that make me feel like that would not have happened, uh, due to money or being able to, you know, basically put the, the business on hold while I took care of this situation. Um, I'm not sure how any of that family would have reacted to my 
you know, biological daughter suddenly becoming a part of that, that process. There was a, uh, there was a brief moment while we were married that for some reason, uh, X number one had to call me for something or, and I, I, I talked to her and I think I talked, uh, I can't remember if I got to talk to my daughter then or not. I, I don't think I did. Um, but that alone put an icy chill in the situation in my home life at the time. I don't know what would have happened if, you know, the actual daughter would have come back onto the radar and I tried to pursue that, if that would have been taken as some sort of, you know, betrayal to my new family or not. And I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth or, or you know, say, oh, this is definitely what would happen, but I don't have good vibes that that would have went as well as it did. As as it did with me being in, in, you know, in the state. Um, so to me, that's something of a blessing that I was able to be around for that. Um, you know, uh, coming back to, you know, the Valley as I did. And like I said, my, my kid sister was kind enough to, you know, let me use some space near her house to, to live in, uh, you know, her husband helped get me a, a job, uh, to try and get my feet under me. Uh, I was able to reconnect with my mom and, you know, uh, my, my brother and my sister whom I hadn't, you know, talked to in forever and, you know, hadn't really been able to build much of a relationship with prior to that, just due to, you know, they were young when I left and we don't talk on the phone all that much. And, you know, like I said, it's not that any of us had anything against each other. We just suck at staying in contact. Um, and being able to be present and hang out with them and talk with them and catch up with them and their families and, you know, in all honesty, meet their families. Um, you know, I, I missed my kid brother's wedding because it just didn't work out logistically for me to take that time off from the business and, or to have the money to fly, to go and, you know, be a part of my brother's wedding. Um, that's a thing I'll admit I'm still a little bitter about. Um, but it's in the past. Uh, we've since connected. I mean, heck Eric's been on the podcast. Uh, you know, you've heard Crystal's voice, uh, asking me to talk about cheese. Uh, you know, we all get along real well and I don't know how well that would have happened if I didn't come back to Ohio. Um, you know, uh, I've reconnected with, you know, with some old friends. I mean, after I left my, my sister's house, uh, you know, the next place I lived was, you know, in a spare room from a guy that I, uh, you know, went to high school with and joined the Navy with and just kind of fell out of contact with. And, you know, he found out I was back in Ohio and he's like, Hey, you want to come out to Columbus? We got a place for you. Uh, you know, we got to reconnect. That's, that's a bonus. Um, you know, but ultimately if I hadn't gotten my second divorce, I wouldn't have met my, you know, my wife at this point, um, who is, you know, hands down the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and you know, we will have a podcast on that. Uh, you know, if we're doing a, a trilogy about my, my three marriages, um, she definitely deserves, you know, her own episode and then some. Um, but wouldn't have met her if I were in Florida. Um, and that is a, that would be a loss that while I would have never known about it would be 
a loss that I don't think I could cope with. Um, she she is literally the best uh, for me, and you know I if if nothing else good came out of um, getting out of Florida and getting out of that uh, toxic relationship, um, I'm I'm super blessed that uh, you know I found her. So, um, you know, um, it's, it's good stuff. All, all in all, it's good. Yes, things weren't great. It was a rough go. Um, I lost a bunch of really cool stuff because I couldn't pack it. I lost a lot of memories, uh, you know, stuff that was on my computer, stuff that I'd written, um, photos. I mean, even to this day, there are points where I, you know, come across, boy, it sure would be nice if I had that thing, uh, you know, be it something that I, I did in the past or, you know, some, uh, you know, possession <laughs> that I had and now, you know, don't have. Um, but like I said, I, th I think that the, uh, the benefits I now reap today far outweigh anything that I've lost. Um, and, like I said, there's, I'm not bitter, I guess. There are certain concepts and things that happen that I'm not real happy that I let take place during the time. Um, but, you know, I, I don't wish anyone, you know, any ill will as a result of this. You know, I don't know what her life has become since we've, you know, parted ways. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not my concern. It's not my problem. Uh, it's, it's not for me to check in on any of them. Um, I hope that she's doing well. Like I don't, you know, I know a lot of folks, you know, after they get divorced and when things are less than pleasant during the end days there and during the divorce, you know, I hope they, you know, die in a hole. I, I, it, it's nothing like that. Like, I, I hope you're, you know, living your best life. Um, I'm glad I'm not, no longer, you know, a part of it. Um, but you know, rock on with your bad self. I mean, as far as the, the kids are concerned, it's a mixed bag because, you know, when we were together, um, you know, I treated those children like they were my own. Um, you know, and for the most part, I feel like that was sort of mutual. Um, but given that things went down the way they did there at the end, um, and how, you know, their lives were up to and including the time that I was with them, um, you know, they're, they're their mother's children. They're always going to take her side and, you know, that makes a certain kind of sense. I'm not, I can't really argue against that. Um, and when, you know, the situation is presented to you that, you know, Todd is leaving, there's no point in me trying to argue that, yeah, that's not really how this played out because they're not going to listen to me. You know, who are they going to believe? Um, and it doesn't really serve anybody any purpose to fight that. Um, it, you know, I gain nothing by, you know, driving a rift between them and their mother. And so I just kind of left, left it go. 
like I'm trying to do, you know, the least damage to people as I can, um, you know, so, I, you know, I have no idea what they're up to, what they've been doing. Again, I, I hope that they've done well. Um, I hope that some of the behaviors and attitudes and ways of handling situations that Boss Lady chose to develop throughout her life, um, I hope that those didn't necessarily carry on to the children, um, and that they're making their own choices and treating people better than that, but, you know, they are, they aren't, there's, there's not really much I can do about it at this point, uh, you know, I... I have enough love for the the three girls that I have, um, and I get enough love from those three daughters to where it, I'm I don't I don't feel I'm suffering a loss um, for our complete lack of connection uh, with the the former stepchildren. Um, and like I said, I, you know, all told, I'm in I'm in a better place. I'm I'm in a, a a happy, healthy, supportive relationship uh, that I will tell you all about in the future. Um, you know, I've got three daughters that I love and that love me, and that we all get along super well. Um, I mean, heck, at this point, I've got you know a son-in-law and a and a grandbaby uh, on top of it all. So you know. No complaints. Um, like I said, this was not intended as a let me, you know, bitch to you about my second marriage, but more of a, well, if I'm going to continually refer to having been married a bunch, um, and if I'm going to continue to, you know, be all autobiographical and memoirish in the podcast, um, kind of need to tell all, you know, all of the stories. Um, and so here we are. So... Uh, I hope that you enjoyed the telling. Um, I hope it didn't bum anybody out too much. Um, like I said, I tried to keep it fairly upbeat and anonymous, so I'm not looking to call anybody out. Um, if you recognize yourself in this story, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, my, my depiction of your portrayal is, uh, you know, equal to how I feel the situation went down. Um, and if, uh, you've got qualms with that, I welcome you to get yourself an anchor app and start your own podcast and you can tell folks what your side of it is. Um, because I'm fully cognizant that, you know, in any story, there's multiple perspectives and let's face it, reality is often somewhere in between. Um, it's not very often that hearing one person tell a story is the complete and total and fully accurate story. You're, you're hearing my side of things. Um, from my perspective. Um, and, you know, you're. I assume you're listening to my podcast because that's what you want to hear. So, that's, that's what we've got. Um, thanks for listening. Um, you know, reach out to me in the, the various ways that... Uh, by now, I imagine you're, you're aware of how you can reach out to me. Um, 
And until next time, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging in there, and thanks for listening. And that's it.